Hey, you guys, I think you might like Sinisterhood, a true crime comedy podcast that covers all things creepy and gives you the deep dives and thorough research you want. Best friends and longtime comedians Christy Wallace and Heather McKinney cover topics like serial killers, disappearances, cults, cryptids, and they even do legal deep dives into things like the Britney Spears conservatorship and the legal drama surrounding Erica Girardi from The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. While you're listening, make sure to subscribe to or follow Sinisterhood using the link in the episode description. Sinisterhood is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks so much for the intro. I'm Christy. And I'm Heather, and we're the hosts of Sinisterhood, a true crime comedy podcast that covers all things creepy. We bring you the deep dives on all the topics you desire, like serial killers, disappearances, cults, cryptids, and crimes in the news like Real Housewives Jin Shaw and Erica Jane, as well as this clip we're bringing you today on the trial of Julius Jones. This case made headlines when exoneration advocates spoke out on Julius's behalf, and the governor of Oklahoma commuted his death sentence. We dug into the crime, the evidence, the trial, and the errors that have Julius's post-conviction attorneys calling for a new trial. In this clip, you'll hear us discuss a key piece of evidence, the hair of the perpetrator. We also discuss the impact of alleged racial bias in the jury. You'll hear my explanation as a real-life lawyer on how that possibly infringed on Julius's Sixth Amendment rights. Thanks so much for checking it out, and keep it creepy. So in this trial, his defense, Julius's defense, did not enter the picture of his hair. Yeah, I mean, and, and the whole hair thing that he asks in recross, um, David McKenzie asks in recross, Megan Toby, so it's Paul Howe's sister, he says, ma'am, are you sure there was at least a half an inch of hair sticking out from underneath the cap? And she said, yes. Mm-hmm. So he clar- he did clarify that. Yeah. But the issue was then it was not brought out that Julius' head was shaved. Yeah, they did not enter the picture that clearly shows Julius did not have enough hair for that to make it him. Yeah, and she said she couldn't remember if there were braids or whatnot, but you, are you sure that there was at least a half an inch of hair sticking out from underneath the cap? Yes. I believe I read something earlier where she said, because as we'll see, they are the Howes are very confident that Julius did this. But they said, uh, she said, he did not have cornrows. I know that he didn't have braids. Again, is that really something you saw? Is that something now that you, you know what I mean? We've, we talk I mean, all the time, your memories are trash. And in a moment like that, it's hard to really um, pay as much attention as you as you would want to, I imagine. Well, and the details she got were, you know, the red bandana, the white shirt, the black male. But when you are the victim of a carjacking in progress, you're going to suffer from the weapon focus effect, which is when the weapon is distracts the eyewitness. It'll mess your memory up. You're mm-hmm. not going to remember a lot of details because weapons are unusual, right? You're not used to seeing them. You're not yeah, used to having a gun pointed at you. And you've got two and little so, girls in the back seat. You're trying not yeah. to get killed. Yeah, so of course you're not going to memorize, you know, head to toe what's going on there. And then when you hear somebody go 20 years later, 100% sure I'm saying there was no cornrows. Mm -hmm. But at the time of the trial, she said, oh, I don't know if he had braids Mm -hmm. or not. Yeah. So stories change, your memory changes. Again, we talked about before, it's just what you've remembered is now a memory of the last time you remembered it. And so Mm -hmm. it becomes hard when you're so also obviously with absolute valid 
reason that you're very emotionally caught up yes. in this that you you would tell yourself in your heart, no, I know this is the right thing. Yeah, yeah. Before deliberations, a concerned juror approached the judge. She had heard something disturbing while walking with other jurors in the hallway. One of her fellow jurors called the trial a waste of time and said to the rest of the panel, They should just take this N-word out back, shoot him, and bury him under the jail. The judge entered into the record that a juror had said to shoot Julius, but conveniently left out the references to the racial slur. The judge asked each juror to verbally confirm that they could remain fair and impartial. One by one, they each agreed. The juror who called for Julius's lynching was not removed or replaced on the jury. That same jury found Julius guilty of first-degree murder and sentenced him to death. Which, this is part of the argument they brought in in the appellate, uh, the petition for the writ of cert for the Supreme Court, that, you know, this violates your Sixth Amendment right to a fair trial with an impartial jury. I mean, it's tainted by... Yeah, I mean, not only is this juror you know already is it doesn't matter if there is guilt or innocence this is a black man that killed a, a white man he's guilty i mean yeah uh, essentially said that too. yes yeah. and that's what the juror that's that spoke out about this said is it didn't matter anything they they were going to say he was guilty no matter what and then you have that juror that potentially is going to convince maybe other jurors that are on the fence, like, no, he did this. So mm-hmm. it completely taints the jury. And also, it's he sh- the judge left out something that automatically, wouldn't he have had a mistrial at that point, if that had come out, that he, a juror was saying racial slurs? Well, the, no, because, again, the judge here has asked each juror whether they can remain fair and impartial i i think that it is violates his constitutional right i think that you know there's a certain uh standard that's set up by the supreme court for when a uh racial comment runs afoul of your sixth amendment right to an impartial jury here in your case and you know i think it has to be a clear statement that indicates that they relied on racial stereotypes or animus to convict the defendant. That's, you know, they say it has to say the statement would exhibit overt racial bias that casts serious doubt on the fairness and impartiality of the deliberations and verdict. I mean, I think this fits Sounds the like constitutional it did that to me. standard. Uh, our Supreme Court disagreed uh, when the petition came before it. You know, the petition was denied. I, I'm not on the Supreme Court yet. I just <laughs> strongly yet. disagree. Um, you know, and they say that the racial bias would have to be a significant motivating factor in the jurors vote to convict. To me, if someone says this is a waste of time, we should just kill this black person, which didn't use that phrase, Mm -hmm. used a much worse phrase. And to me, that checks the boxes. Right. And and again, it's necessarily tainted it. So I don't see how this this didn't, uh, you know, get reviewed by the Supreme Court. But I I don't see how this is my can sum up my entire uh, thoughts on this entire case. Yeah. There's so many times I w- I don't see how this didn't get entered into evidence. I don't see how this guy could be in jail and this one be walking free. I mean, it's just from start to finish, none of it makes sense and all of it's unfair. Yeah, and that's what you want is a fair trial at the end of the day, which if everybody, you know, still thinks he's guilty, then by all means, let's just take him to trial and have a fresh jury Mm -hmm. 
look at everything and say, okay, here's the picture of him, you know, the week before it happened, nine days after it happened with the haircut or whatever it was before it happened with the haircut. Here's, there's a non-racially tainted jury. Mm -hmm. You know, there's not comments made. The Verdier goes better to where not all of the black panelists in the Venier panel get struck. He has effective counsel. He has effective counsel. There was no, there were, his fingerprints were not on the Suburban. Mm -hmm. If he had been driving that car, how how would that have happened? He they did not test the bandana for DNA at until the time later. of the trial until yeah. until much later, which is just how how the fuck did that that happen? So there's all these things that just were completely ignored. That I think if he had another trial now, I'm confident a jury today would say he is not guilty. And where you have people that have heard confessions from Chris Jordan testifying and mm-hmm. saying. He told me this is what's going on and letting that jury take all that information in. Mm-hmm. 